This is Press Publish, a weekly conversation about journalism, technology, and the media business. I'm Josh Benton, director of Neiman Lab at Harvard. This is episode 11. Did the weekly conversation part in that intro throw you a little bit? Or maybe the episode 11 part? That's very understandable. Press Publish debuted way back in early 2013. Some might think of it as a year and a half pre-serial. And sadly, like a lot of podcasts, it lost steam after a little while. Ten episodes to be exact. But now it's 2015 and we are ready to jump back in. I hope you're willing to follow along with us as we talk to some of the most interesting people shaping digital media today. My guest today is Corey Hike of the Washington Post. Just a couple weeks ago, she got a very impressive sounding new title, the Post Executive Director for Emerging News Products. But even though that title is new, she's already done some remarkable work there. Most recently, she was the news site lead on Project Rainbow, the Post's effort to rethink its mobile app strategy from scratch. The latest product of that strategy, a new Washington Post iPhone app, was released last month, and it's one of the bolder attempts that I've seen from a traditional publisher to rethink what a news app should look like. That sort of refreshing digital thinking is something we've seen uh, quite a bit more of at the Post since the founder of Amazon, Jeff Bezos, bought it about two years ago. Corey and I talked about the thinking behind the apps and their design, how the Post is trying to shift its focus to mobile, and the sort of organizational changes they've had to make to make the new apps work. Here's our conversation. I started off asking her how Project Rainbow got started in the first place. Last November, you may remember, November 2014, we debuted, we launched the first of the Rainbow uh, product line, uh, which was for Kindle, the Kindle, Kindle Fire tablet. And we built a tablet experience specifically for the Kindle which was a really incredible thing to do. Um, I don't actually know another news organization <laughs> that's gone that hard at the Kindle or at the tablet, uh, specifically as the first um, piece of a, of a product line. Uh, but we, you know, hey, we, you know, fortuitous in our, you know, relationship uh, with Amazon, we did an official partnership with those guys. Um, Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post, of course, but it was actually a business deal that we did with Amazon, with Fire, that allowed us to be pre-installed on um, the Kindle Fire tablet. And to that, we had a real opportunity to build something from scratch that would be presented to um, what we really saw as a an experience for folks that maybe weren't that familiar with the Washington Post. So a chance to actually build something uh, for a new audience. Uh, so kind of a blank slate that way. And uh, it was exciting for a lot of reasons because the idea was uh, you know, we could we could present ourselves in a way that made sense for a tablet reader, and uh, you know we had um, some tablet apps. Uh, of course, uh, September 2010 was the launch of our first iPad um, product at the Washington Post. You may recall, um, my partner in crime, uh, Julia Beiser, uh, you know worked on that product, uh, and you know that's actually when I. I first met her because that's when I started at the at, at the post. So it's it's been almost five years, and that you know from that launch to this one's kind of dramatically different. But we had we had four years of data that sort of informed what we were thinking about for tablet specific. Uh, you know, people come in the morning and the evenings. That we knew that people are generally connected to Wi-Fi. We knew that. So there were these things that we knew from our own data and just from years of using a tablet. And producing for the tablet that we we built in and made assumptions on uh, that are specific to this actual app, which are which are nice. It's it's addition two editions a day, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Um, the phone products that we recently launched are not addition 
that way, of course, because they're phones and they're always on and um, they, they have to be live product, that kind of thing. So there are some very you know clear differences in those things. It's not um, a one size fits all, which is almost a luxury in a newsroom. It is a luxury in the newsroom and, and, and we know that, but we're, we, we have, we've built a specific team to produce for these products, but it all it all started with the tablet and really thinking um, specifically about the device itself and building for that. So big, bold visuals, um, you know, really putting content in line where it makes sense within the story itself, and not just trying to jam a bunch of stuff in. Making it a reading experience. Um, you know, the the, the video uh, views on the on the um, the, the Fire app. Um, are, are phenomenal, and that's just because we think it's because we're placing the video in the place where the user expects them. It's an intimate setting. They're on Wi-Fi. They can watch the video at their leisure. There's all these things that really work about it because it's produced specifically for that um, device. And so we started with a tablet, and I'm rambling a bit. I'll, I'll, I'll let you get to another <laughs> question, but that it started with a tablet, and then we moved from there. Yeah. So, um, you know, mobile, mobile first with a tablet. I remember I actually last last uh, Christmas bought my mother a Kindle Fire tablet. I'm I'm sort of classic, you know, East Coast uh, iOS kind of guy, but the uh, I did get a chance to uh, to to play around with it. And it was it was interesting how it seemed to take there was a certain element of it which seemed to take the newspaper metaphor uh, very seriously, the additioning you, you, you mentioned, but also the, the way that one moves, swipes from story to story with a larger visual representation than you might have on a, on a typical story seemed to evoke the, the, the process of, of flipping through the paper. Was that – how did newspaper, newspaperness, I guess, uh, play into the design thinking? Yeah, I, well, I love that you noticed that, of course. Um, yeah, so um, quite a bit, actually. So we like to say, um, you know, the newspaper is this highly evolved product. Uh, the Post, that's 138 years, I think. Don't quote me there. I mean, you can. It's a podcast. Uh, I said it. I think it's 138 years at the Washington Post. Uh, that's just a long time to work on a product and perfect it for um, a user base. And the thing with the paper, while maybe circulation, you know, at large is declining for the industry, it's still like it's a, it's quite a good product. It just works. It shows up on your doorstep. You know, it's this bundle of news that people have put a lot of work into in terms of selecting the right stories. The visuals make sense. You can, you know, you open it up and you your eyes just scan over it. It's actually really easy to consume. There's a certain satisfaction when you get through it, even if you don't read everything. You you feel like you've scanned it enough. There's this built-in serendipity. No, so it's it's actually quite great that way, and the and the web. I mean, hey, we love the web. I mean, I am a digital, uh, you know, journalist. But there are a lot of things about it that are sometimes unsatisfying. Like, you know, my ADD, squirrel, squirrel. I don't know where I start. I don't know where I stop. I I see a headline. I, I tap on it, and then I get into a story, and I'm like, whoa, this wasn't what I meant to read. How do I get back? I don't know how to get back. Yeah, I don't know where. It, and there are just certain things, but that it it kind of drives you crazy. But it has all these other elements, you know, video interactivity, you know, voice, its own form of serendipity. So we tried to combine the best of both worlds in a way, and really try to solve this problem of um, browsing. We think that digital browsing is just not there yet. It's it, it doesn't work. It's hard. It's actually hard where browsing in the newspaper is quite easy. So 
how do you make e you know news easy to consume? Um, and it's funny, you know, we kind of got back to the newspaper and how it is actually um, laid out in a way and how it's produced. You know, the UX is quite radical, but it's it's more like a newspaper than it's not. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you we saw we had a story that just went up on on Neiman Lab today about uh, Tap for News, which is this this app from the Now This News people. It's literally oh, just oh, I haven't seen it. It's just an app that has a giant red button that says Tap for News, and you tap it, and it shows you a news oh. story. And if you get tired of that news story, you tap it again, and you get a different news story. And it seemed to be like. It, both what we were just talking about and, and that app and other things seem to be in this universe of eliminating the anxiety of choice in in news consumption. The idea that that you know a classic newspaper homepage has you know a hundred, two hundred links on it, and there's a certain anxiety that makes you go, ah, just let me go someplace else. Let me go to Google. It's nice and white and clean. Precisely. Like we, um, <laughs> this is nerdy. Uh, we call that cognitive overhead. Sure. You know, it's just, it's, how do you reduce it? And I think that, you know, the homepages with a gajillion links and social, which we love, but you don't, you sort of, you, you're overwhelmed. You don't know what to do. Um, you know, that sort of seminal, uh, Alexis Madrigal piece on like the stream is crested. I think that was the end of he wrote that in like end of 2013 or something and we all shared it around and we were like, yes, it's too much. How do we come back to something that feels deliberate and curated but complete, you know, qualitatively complete in some way? Uh, don't bring back the, the gatekeeping and, you know, the voice from God giving you everything you need to know. But um, there's something to that. Here's a finite amount of information that's been produced in a way that's easy for you to get through. Um, it's I, I, I think there was a real need for it. And so we think we've hit on something. And from there, we, we kind of took that, that theme, solving for digital browsing, uh, the sort of, you know, the visualness of it and the ease of use to the other platforms. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to ask one other thing about the, the Kindle Fire experience. Uh, with Apple News coming out soon, um, one of the questions that some people have been asking is, how big of an advantage is being pre-installed? Like, like there was that study that came out a couple of weeks ago that said that, you know, I'm going to get the numbers wrong, but something like 80% of all podcast consumptions happen on iOS devices. And of that, like 70% happens in Apple's podcast app, despite the fact that most people don't really love Apple's podcast app, but it is the app that's already on your phone. Did, when you were the app that was already on, on the Kindle Fire, did, did you see, you know, the, the power of having that? installed base of everybody who has the device or everyone new who has the device? How, how big of a deal was that? It's a big deal for us. It's, you know, the, the Kindle Fire tablet is, a, it's the, I have the, um, I mean, I have all sizes and <laughs> all generations of the Kindles, but um, the latest, uh, you know, 8.9, HD7, HDX7, it's, it is a, it's a beautiful device with this really fantastic display. And we have this fantastic opportunity with Amazon where, I don't know if you're familiar with it, well, you are, you gave your mother one for Christmas. It's a nice thing. <laughs> there, um, there's a carousel at the top. It's, it's a bit different than the um, iOS uh, experience. And so your home screen has a carousel at the very top that is your recently used apps and I think it's like tw something like 25 of your recently used apps and so part of our partnership with Amazon is that um, 
we had a technology uh, built where the uh, we have an icon for our app that's custom. Every single day, we uh, part of the news design team creates a custom icon that we consider our cover story that uh, leads that is our icon image. So it's a custom image, and it pushes to the front of the user's carousel every single morning. 5 a.m. correlates with that 5 a.m. edition, and so every single morning that's pushing to the front of Kindle Fire tablets, and it's uh, and it's it's free for six months for anyone who buys a Fire. So the, it, it's a huge opportunity um, for us to to every single day to gain new usership and then to re-engage those uh, those audiences. And for me, it's exciting because you know these are people. Uh, that are that perhaps would have never, you know, browsed to the Washington Post or, you know, didn't subscribe to the Post. You know, we look at our, uh, you know, that that growing audience, and and we know it's because of uh, that big opportunity with Amazon. We're 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 grateful. It's what I'm saying is that it's very important. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I did want to ask about, you mentioned the news design team, and one of the things that stands out to me about, about all the rainbow apps is, is the degree to which they do seem to have custom bespoke design at the article level, that the headline treatments, the the square art piece that that, uh, that appears at the top of, of each story, those seem to be custom built for this. They're different. It's different art treatments than what appears on the web, let's say. Like, how, how big of a commitment is that to do that on every story that goes into this, into the platform? It's a pretty big commitment. Um, you know, uh, when Julia and I set out to do this, um, and you know, me on the you know the the news side of the house proper, her on the the tech product side proper, uh, you know, in, in real partnership, we knew that you know, as ambitious as it was, that you know, we needed a dedicated team. Like you know, I, I, I've launched, you know, apps and experiences and, and projects and products at the at the post and at other news organizations where, you know, you build something and you get excited about it and you know it's it, it's really great, but in the daily production, the maintenance of it is what's so hard. And so you 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 run around and you ask someone, can you also, you know, when you're pressing this one button, can you also press this other button? Or how can I if this then that and build something through a feed? And it's just the output is never as good. You know, and it just things don't have the fighting chance, perhaps. Uh, so we knew that as ambitious as this was from like, you know, tech specs to, you know, audience potential, uh, this is just really important. And so, you know, we we built dedicated teams. We were able to resource that. We have a team of news design. And to, to my knowledge, this is the first time in, you know, digital, uh, you know, Land in my experience in digital land, where I've seen a dedicated news design team for a product like this, and it's made all the difference. So, from a just from a, that design perspective, like how do you, how do you think of the iPhone app differently from from the tablet app? I mean, obviously, we we talked about the death of the stream, but it is a, a on the iPhone just a long scroll of of stories. You know, how do you think about the order in which those appear, the design treatment that they get, and, and what was it about? That this app that was specific to to the, the platform. Yeah, uh, so you know it does have a lot of similarity in the sort of feel uh, that the tablet app does, and it's you know like you say bespoke you know visual aesthetic. So there again is that custom news treatment. Uh, what's really important to me is that that card at the 
front, what we call brights. We actually call them brights. You'll appreciate this because we were the rainbow team. We were going to make these rainbow brights. <laughs> we're like a bunch of 80s kids working. <laughs> working. So we have these brights, which is actually, you know, a, a term you can use in news too, but uh, that sit on top of the stories, these visual cards that within that bright and then the story start itself that you get and that the user gets enough of the information that they can make a choice like hey i understand what the story is about and i can tap in to read more or i can keep browsing so we try to figure out how we take this you know design aesthetic this approach and then solve for the digital browsing piece on the phone itself and we did a lot of work there was a, a team of um folks that spent some time you know, playing with a bunch of different phone apps and phone sizes. Uh, we really, a lot of us really kind of got into that phablet size because, you know, I think there's the phones are getting bigger, tablets are getting smaller, and there's just a lot of sort of conversion that way. But it, it was important for us that a user could actually flick through with uh, one, you know, hold the hand, hold the phone with one hand and then just use their thumb to, to, to flick through. So <clears throat> that was, that was part of it in the, you know, that, that stream in the beginning uh, that you talked about, that browse view. But once you tap into a story, you can actually start swiping um, you know, vertically and you could get to each story, which actually works just like the tablet UX does. So it, it actually borrows from that in that we think that's the easiest way to get through content once you're into that read view. Um, so th those are some of the, the shared qualities. It's, I mean, of course, it's a real-time product because it's a phone, so we're producing around the clock. And it is a discrete bundle, too, of news. It's, um, you know, we, we think it's, it's, it's representative of everything in the post that uh, a user wouldn't feel like they were missing something, but it doesn't have a complete list of every single thing on a particular blog. It's not really an index that way like our site would be. Um, it is, um, you know, the editors are curating in stories in real time. Um, and so it, 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 we're really trying to, like we said, optimize for interestingness, uh, give it an appeal for people that, that perhaps aren't familiar with the post necessarily, that um, really trying to, to engage folks and um, to reach that national and international audience in a new way. Yeah. Do, do you know what share of the post content makes it into the app? I know for the Times, they produce something like, I think, 300 pieces of content a day, and they get 30 to 40 into NYT now. Is it, is it that share? Or? Oh, it's much, much higher. So we, uh, we're taking about 120, 130 stories uh, every morning for the AM edition and then the same for the PM edition. So the, the editions themselves are, are quite full. So that's for the, for the tablet. And then for phone, I mean, we're starting with that base of 130 stories and then we're just adding. So it's, it actually feels like everything from the post stands local. So there's what the, what this this product line does not have is local content. So really that's all that it's missing. Hmm. The the absence of local is 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 interesting. I was on a um I'm a member of the Washington Post advisory panel so I get polled questions and survey questions and email every once in a while. And one of them was about um you know differentiating the the local product digitally versus the national and international product differently uh, uh, digitally. You know, how are you? Th you're thinking about this specifically as the national and international audience-facing product. You know, is there a reason why you think it might not? This model might not work as well for local, or is that part of the, the longer-term plan? 
Yeah, we just wanted to uh, start this way with national and international. We really have goals to expand. I mean, as as I think it's it's obvious, um, consumer facing. We've we've done a lot to to bolster our um, you know our uh, our actual our content offerings that way. Uh, there was a lot of hires. I mean, famously, over a hundred people. We've hired over a hundred people in the last year, and you know, m- mostly those are reporting positions, and a lot of that is really to, to Make sure we're hitting all of the uh, the national um, stories, and so you know, national retail, uh, you know, arts reporting, um, you know, culture, uh, things like that that we you know just weren't covering um, that way in a in a deliberate, systematic way we're doing now. And so we didn't really have a place to manifest all of that uh, in one um, sort of product, and this became that. And so as we expand and as we figure out, you know, what the you know web pieces will be because we're still very much in the experimental beta pieces on the web side of things. Uh, you know we will we, you know if 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 we have a bigger web presence with this a presentation such as this, of course it would include local in some way. But you know they're different they're different audiences. We're really thinking about things in audience segment more than we ever have been, and so um, doing some experimentation around products that way. Um, when this app launched, you, you kept the old app as the Washington Post Classic. Um, and I can imagine that a lot of people who are happy consumers of that app might not particularly like this one. They might think it's hiding content from them or that it's you know an interface that they don't particularly enjoy. They don't want to scroll all day to get, get the news of the day. Is that a long-term sustainable idea, you think, having, having multiple apps that can be sort of multiple windows into Post content? Or do you think they'll eventually consolidate? Well, I don't. I think it's too early to say. Uh, it, one of the things that I've gotten really comfortable with, and it's part of the the culture, um, you know, in, in recent years, and really has a lot to do with our our CTO Shailesh Prakash, um, and you know Marty Baron, who just really embraced this experimentation. Uh, the idea that you, in order to really experiment and be innovative and figure things out, you you just have to do some testing at scale. Uh, in order to to really get there, and then inevitably that that's going to require some kind of redundancy, and 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 being okay with that until you sort of understand what the right thing is, and so really getting some some consumer some market testing to know that, and so we're listening very closely to what our users are saying, to you know looking at the you know, the engagement and, uh, you know, scroll starts and, you know, feedback and just being obsessive that way and, uh, you know, doing some iteration along those lines. And and eventually that will that will inform our decisions about how we, um, you know, how we go about deciding, you know, what, what's our app marketplace look like? Uh, and is it too confusing to consumers or does it make sense to them because we've got, you know, classic subscribers who are more tied perhaps to the more traditional product and, in uh, that, it, it, I, I don't know. We just we just have to see. It's just too early. I mean, as of two weeks ago, we were just complete across all platforms for this new product line, and so we're doing a little bit of breathing about that <laughs> and, and producing and, and really trying to figure out, you know, what are we going to look most deeply at and help us to make some decisions. So, um, but we are we're 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 going to uh, just be watching it. We just we 
just don't know yet. Without giving away any deep corporate secrets, is there anything in the user uh, data that you've seen in the last few weeks that, that surprised you? Is there any way that anything, any feature you thought would be used more or less than it is or any user behavior that uh, stands out maybe differently from what you expected? Yeah, so for the tablet in particular, and this is all, all of the tablet products, um, I didn't think the social sharing would be as high as it is. Um, and that's just bring my, bringing my own bias to it, I think, um, about you know the kinds of folks that I think use tablet apps. Uh, I was I was quite surprised. In fact, it's our sh our sharing on those stories is twice as high as it is uh, on desktop, uh, which is fascinating to me. Uh, and I think that just and that kind of goes across the board on the just engagement metrics at large. And I think it's because you there's this you know. Um, loyal base of folks that are coming to it and that are very interested in spending a lot of time. And so they're reading a story and then they're sharing it in a way um, because they're, you know, they're just that interested. So I, I don't know, that that was surprising to me, delightfully surprising <laughs> to me. Um, <laughs> and, it, you know, it, it's also um, the, the web experience, which right now we're still experimenting with how people get there. It's right now we're doing a, a still running a test and we're actually doing a lot of a b testing with it we're, we're siphoning off um, a tiny piece of our our social traffic uh mobile social that is and uh you know that's that's really proven to be a, a very engaging experiment um and so we're seeing people spend a lot of time uh, page use per visit um, are quite high and so we're doing a lot of controls to make sure that is actually the case and it's not some weird bug um, and it's turning out to be the case. And so that that's a fun one for us. And so we're going further down that um, sort of you know feature line to figure out what's in that that's successful. And, and we do think it has to do a lot with the actual um, the design, the, the news design, again, I think is just really engaging. And people just kind of continue to swipe because they're interested. We're having a lot of fun digging in. I want. I mentioned we talked earlier about the, sort of the classic subscriber who might be confused or put off by this experience. There's another group that I can imagine possibly having some issues with it, and that would be people in the newsroom. I just know from lots of past experience and observations elsewhere, the front page of a, a news site or the top of an app is often a very contended piece of turf, and everyone wants to make sure their stories are, are represented prominently, and that sort of led to why the tops of a lot of news sites gets, get crammed with a whole lot of stories. Uh, is there anyone, is there any culture shift that has to happen for you know to, people to get used to the idea of their page one story might be the 30th story down in the, in the, in the, the scroll? Yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> yeah, you've worked in a newsroom before. I have. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's the blessing and the curse. Like people feel, it's probably just the blessing. People feel they're very passionate about their work and they want their work to be promoted. They work very hard on it, and so I, I, I've actually, I've been fortunate so far. Maybe the other shoe will drop. I don't know, <laughs> but. You know, there, it's a it's an interesting process to watch things move to A1 and, and, and people pitch for the homepage and people are very passionate about their work. Journalists are passionate and they want it to be seen. Uh, same thing, you know, pitching for social. It's just, it's it's important. Um, you know, I fully expect as, you know, the 
more and more folks within the newsroom itself, you know, uh, start to use these apps, there will be, it will descend uh, upon uh, the team. But I think that the, the feedback that we've gotten, and, and I did a lot of work over the last year to really, you know, involve uh, the newsroom at large, you know, you know, a lot of the editors and a lot of the visual journalists and to show them things as we were developing them um, and to get them interested in that process. And, you know, the feedback was always like, wow, this is really nice looking. This is really beautiful. I, I think everyone saw it as a, um, a, a, a an opportunity to to present their work in a way that felt just kind of like harkening back to the days of sort of special treatment for things, and which is sometimes hard to do in digital because to get scale, you've got to use some form of templating in some way. You just have to. It's a requirement um, to get there. And so, you know, we sort of set out to figure out how we could, you know, at scale do some of that. And we've got some things in the works that are, you know, templates that, that have the same kind of look and feel that do the work the justice. But the sort of hand production of putting assets in line and, you know, the custom typography, those kinds of things that really make a difference in the presentation. Um, I think that that a lot of the journalists here, you see their work presented in that way, and they're just they're they're excited about it. So um, you know the the <laughs> the inputs that I've gotten are you know can I use some of can I use these brights in other places? Like how can we get some of this work on the web at large? How can we get some of this in the newspaper? Um, people they're they like it, and so um, there hasn't been a lot of you know. Uh, like the tyranny of the order and that kind of thing. Like it's it's more like um, they want to collaborate and talk about you know ideas for how they can you know work to to use some of the stuff or even you know collaborate around the ideas for it. So I, I think it's actually a, a, a breakthrough in you know digital really being integrated more in the sort of upstream process of production. And so I'm excited for the next year to really figure out how we do more of that and share more of that work around. Nice. The, uh, the the other design question I wanted to ask bef uh, before we move on to a couple of things the um, the menu section of the app features not just sort of the traditional news you know national international metro sports style etc you break it down into menu sections that include things like around the world and politics and power but also wild card and don't miss and backstory and ideas and controversy uh, I'm curious what the thinking behind having that mix of of points of entry is and how you know to the degree that they're being used by people using the app yeah, so we, uh, I mean, <laughs> you also know the, the tyranny of the navigation of websites, you know, <laughs> ask anybody who's ever designed a website, for, either for a news organization or for anyone, you know, the menu and the navigation is a, it's a thing, and you can really get stuck on it, but the truth of it is, it's not really how folks, you know, traditionally navigate through, uh, particularly uh, with in the world of mobile um, and search and social and that kind of thing, um, they're coming in from all over the place, so the actual, you know, the section titling and in what section things sit in, um, you know, that mirroring the traditional sectioning of a newspaper is not really a hard requirement. So we tried to think about the things that would make sense to someone who has never been to our website or has never opened up our newspaper and what kind of sectioning would appeal to them, like what is interesting. Um, and so instead of calling it just politics, we call it politics and power power, because it really is about power, the politics of, you know, the national politics um, stories. Um, you know, we, we wild card is a new section we have in there, which is sort of a, 
a mix of things that are, you know, interesting and a little offbeat, uh, but also that, you know, a lot of times fall into what is traditionally a national section, which just, that is not even a word normal people outside of you, news use. That doesn't mean anything to them. Um, so we really try to think about folks that weren't in the news world that were coming to us for the first time. Um, and that's how we came up with that sectioning. So a lot of the stories that sit in there are actually being authored off of desks that are not those desks, if that makes sense to you. We're hmm. We're putting them in places where users expect them. And at first I thought that was going to be the, the death of me at the Washington Post. I'm like, no one's going to go for this. And everyone was like, cool. <laughs> so, um, it, you know, as far as people navigating sections and diving in that way, that's sort of what you would expect. That's not the biggest way people are getting through things. It's the bundle and the, the UX that we created to get people easily through the stories. Um, that's how people are getting through. So it's actually quite linear. It's a linear, linear experience. Hmm, okay. I, I wanted to also ask about uh, paywall integration since uh, one, in, in a sense, that these these apps mirror in some ways. That mirror is too strong a word, but they evoke in some ways the New York Times app and NYT Now. One of which was very much targeted at a very different audience than, than the other. And I could imagine that uh, a certain kind of more casual reader might be more interested in in the new app, and the, the more hardcore newspaper subscriber might be interested in the old. How, have you figured out how the paywall uh, will integrate with with these app experiences? Yeah, we have. Um, so, uh, you know, there will be a paywall. The, the um, you know, it's a paid product, but you know, we have the the deal with Amazon. So, if you're a Fire user, then uh, you have the that the, the the app bundle that all of the platforms for for free for six months, um, and then after that, it was a dollar for another six months. Uh, so, there's that deal that way uh, for users uh, just coming to it, and you know. Uh, buying that product line out right, uh, there is a price point, and you know we we have uh, different sort of um, ways to explore it for free uh, um, on the um, the iPhone app, uh, the iOS products, uh, and then after that you'll 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 hit a paywall. So we will have paywall integration. They 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 are a, it is a paid product, yes. Um, and then on the classic side, that's always been the case. Uh, and you know of course if you of course, if you buy the newspaper, <laughs> if you're a newspaper subscriber and you link your account, um, you know you will have all of the, the the digital apps, the Rainbow Suite, the the Classic Suite, which is you know actually called a National Product Suite um, uh, as part of all of that. So you could have everything if you wanted it. Yeah, and is the the paywall pricing going to be the same? For, like for example, on the iPhone, I know I know the the Fire's a little bit different, but for the new app and the Classic app, is that the, the the same price you buy you pay one amount and you get both or well it's a bit different if you're coming from a different place i mean if you are if you're the fire if you're if you're the fire if you have the fire offer then you have the iphone app for free but as part of that well i would say for free but you you have that iphone app as part of the being a subscriber to the 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 fire deal. If you're just, uh, if you're not part of the, the fire subscriber deal, then you're 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 buying it outright at a different price, right? So it is would be different. Um, yes. Okay. A while back, when I think it was probably towards the end of last year, uh, your colleague Joey Marburger sent out a series of tweets about his his view of the uh, the the project Rainbow Experience. And one thing that stood out to me was that. It, it seemed from that, that that Jeff Bezos was at least somewhat directly involved in the in the process. Like, has 
how involved has has he been? Yeah, I mean, Jeff Bezos is 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 a great advocate for and and resourcer of things. Uh, Rainbow, um, you know, he it's there's no secret that uh, he came to the Washington Post soon after he um, bought our organization and talked at length about the the news bundle and about the tablet um, being a, a promising platform. And I was sitting in that meeting. He only met with um, with news that day, and you know, I'm this digital person at the table, and I the only word I heard was tablet. Tablet, tablet, <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I think, you know, um, and yes, of course, that sort of came out of that. Uh, and he cares deeply about, about product development, uh, and you know that I, the Amazon culture of you know building things yourself and you know building your own tech stack, and uh, you know we've we've followed a lot of that in the world of you know Shailesh Prakash, our CTO, who has you know been advocating for that since he's been here. In the last couple of years, um, he's delighted because you know that that's really being bolstered and supported. Uh, but you know we manifest the the product at the Washington Post our, ourselves. You know he's worked closely uh, with us on you know milestones and, and check-ins and things like that. But we definitely um, you know we built it. It was you know our technology. You know we brought the concepts together. Um, I think that there was like an overall vision to create a, a, a bundle on a tablet, make it work really nicely, um, you know, bring some some aesthetic value. Uh, you know, I think he he really respects the work that is done every day at the post. And uh, so, I mean, he was involved, of course, but it was um, the team here who did it and and manifested in a way that made sense for the um the different devices. So, uh, I feel I feel pretty strongly that yes he's involved, but that the the post the digital team with the post definitely um, did the work and um, sort of envisioned it you know and and what it is now uh, you know in our own way. Yeah, I, d I didn't mean to imply that he was staying up all night writing the code or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I yeah, no, I get you. Um, the yeah yeah it's been fun. <laughs> The the last thing I want to ask you about is is your new job. You just got a, a change in job title not too long ago. Uh, what what are you going to be doing now, and uh, how's it different from what you've been doing? Yeah, I mean, if I explain it to my mom, she's like, "Oh, that that sounds like your same job from ten years ago." And I'm like, "No, mom, it's a different job." Like, <laughs> she's like, "It's still the internet, right? It's still the internet." Uh, that's that's the fun thing I think of. About my job is that you know every year or so there's a there it's a little bit different but it's the same sort of push the drive for um, you know real digital first uh, kinds of presentations and you know organization around digital ideas and how that can you know drive uh, the the journalism not just from a production perspective but from how we actually um, envision it. Uh, and so the, the pieces that are a, a bit different this time, uh, we've, you know, gone really hard at mobile in the last couple of years. And, I mean, we've just talked about it for at length and, you know, formed teams around that and really uh, created some, you know, nice relationships in the world of, like, product and tech and, and news design. And so really solidifying that that's important to this newsroom as a um, going forward and strategic 
And then actually making the idea of platforms and the emerging platforms of the world, you know, off-site, on-site, mobile in particular, how we think about the kinds of journalism that we do, uh, that we're producing it for those devices in a way that feels native to those experiences. So what I was talking about, like, you know, running around the newsroom saying, like, how can I, if this, then that, set up a feed to make something happen, because I don't have, you know, the right presentation or I don't have a, a person dedicated to doing that. Um, really being strategic and deliberate and, and thinking about those experiences and those new emerging experiences as first-class um, journalism efforts. So I'm going to spend a lot of time figuring out where those places are and what we should be doing and I'm working, again, with my partners in, in technology and, and product and, and business across across the board, figuring out, you know, where we should spend some of our newsroom resourcing, doing the kinds of, like, as I like to call, adaptive journalism approach to those places. Um, so it feels good for that to be supported and for that to be a real initiative here at The Post. So it, so it sounds like partnerships with, with other companies would be a larger part of, of your job than it had been before. Is that a fair characterization? Yeah, that's fair. I, it always has been something that I've done here. Um, you know, I was just thinking back before I got on this call with you that I think back in, you know, was it 2012? I don't know. I, I did this partnership with Social Cam. Remember Social Cam? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, social video watching. Yeah, it was a thing. Um, did this partnership with those guys and uh, where we actually, you know, built out a whole um, experience. Uh, they built um, an API for us exclusively that we used for um the, the Olympics in, in London, and uh, we did these video mapping of, of the Olympics that poured it into this really cool presentation. And we actually used it for the 2012 presidential conventions. Uh, it was this really cool thing that we did at the time. Um, and that was kind of like a small piece of it. And we dedicated a reporter to it for this entire time. So taking something like that, but scaling it, so figuring out who those partners are and uh, in a way that's not just sort of on the side and ad hoc, but actually quite strategic and, you know, that's a roadmap and resourced in a real way. So, yeah, it's going to become a much bigger part of my job and, you know, how The Post thinks about itself and tries to grow new audiences. Yeah. Well, um, there aren't a ton of traditional news organizations, I think, that are really pushing forward um, thinking on, on mobile, and, and you guys are one of them. So uh, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Well, thank you very much, and thanks always for considering The Washington Post. We're, uh, like I said before, it is a very good time to be alive at The Washington Post. Well, that's episode 11 of Press Publish. I hope you enjoyed it. My thanks to Corey for the conversation. You can find her on Twitter at Corey Hike. That's C-O-R-Y-H-A-I-K. You can find all the various apps of the Washington Post, both old and new, in an app store near you. If you like our show, I hope you'll subscribe. You can find the link to our feed on presspublish.org or just subscribe in iTunes. If you like the show, a positive review in iTunes helps us out a lot. The Neiman Journalism Lab is a project of the Neiman Foundation for Journalism at Harvard University, home of the Neiman Fellowships, Neiman Reports Magazine, Neiman Storyboard, and much, much more. Find us at neiman.harvard.edu. That is N-I-E-M-A-N, not like Neiman Marcus. This episode was recorded at Walter Lippmann House. Walter Lippmann, who said, Many a time I have wanted to stop talking and find out what I really believed. Our theme music is Missing You by Trash 80. Check back next week for another episode of Press Publish, but until then, always remember... 
Disrupt yourself before someone else disrupts you. 